0: from, a little bit of our background, for those that might not know mm-hmm. um, us, and then of course just about Carly, and um, and also uh, we wanted to share, uh, well, more of a request for the church to keep uh, really praying for Carly, and just to really um, encourage us and continue to, uh, you know, provide us those suggestions and tips, and really parenting, uh, I guess, Information because we are you know we're still only at one year of uh, parenting school and we you know, we're still, uh, there's still a lot that we are learning um, so anyway but uh, I'll start with the fact that um, I'm actually I'm Carlos I'm from Peru originally um, I was born there in Lima yes. and I actually met my wife on a mission trip to Peru when uh, Crossway was actually going to Peru. And my wife Christina was actually she's from Charlotte and she was also headed for with another team. Uh, thankfully, uh, this was of course the Lord's um, will as that uh, we all both two of us met in the plane. And <laughs> we came from different backgrounds and we came from different cities, you know, she's coming from Raleigh, she's coming from Charlotte, but uh, I guess it was just um, something that, you know, I never thought I would meet my wife in an airplane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the last place I would imagine to do that. But I think the Lord really uh, made it possible for us to come together and sit together at the same uh, row. And, and from there, you know, we just started talking. And, you know, we really just um, knew, I think, at that point that we were meant to stay together, we were meant to be together. Um, and that we were gonna do great things um, in life, and you know from there we basically uh, you know, became friends. You know we started pouring, and then we got married. <laughs> uh, and then we decided to wait a little bit longer before we uh, we had Carly. We had a lot little, little goals in our lives that we wanted to complete, like finishing college, being able to have stable jobs. Um, and then after we had done everything else that we wanted to do, like travel as well, we felt that God wanted us to expand our lives, um, expand our family, and um, Carly came along,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it was really a blessing for us because um, we, we just Carly has been just everything that we I don't know I just don't know how to describe it. She's just everything we ever wanted. Uh, as, a, as a child, and she just makes our lives very joyful. Um, and it's just great to see like uh, just how much there is of us in her you know little features and not just physically but also her personality and so forth and of course she's also developing her own personality uh, but but yeah that's just a little about Carly and about mm-hmm. us where we came from uh, so you want us to share anything?
2: Well we just wanted to like thank you guys because you guys have really helped us over the last year and beyond that Like, by loving our little family and giving us advice Mm -hmm. and buying us clothes, Carol, wherever you are. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. I think Mary asked us to share just a little bit about, like, what parenting has taught us, which is, like, nothing. (laughs) We feel like we're learning everything day by day. But we just, um, I think we shared, like, right after Carly was born that, you know, God was... Teaching us things through her, you know, about his his love for us, and um, you know, we're really we're just experiencing God's love
1: mm-hmm.
2: in a new to, a new way that we've mm-hmm. never experienced before. Um, yeah. So we're just we wanted to have her dedicated here because um, you guys are like you know our family, and we really feel like you're a big part of this journey that we're on. It helps to have people who have just mm-hmm. had babies <laughs> you know, walk alongside us, so they give us advice and things. So we just wanted to say things, so not trying to monopolize <laughs> baby dedication. <laughs> but we just wanted to share our appreciation and just ask for continued prayers mm-hmm. and help because mm-hmm. we definitely need it because we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> <very> <laughs> so. But we do know that we want to raise her to be a strong woman of cries, who follows him and mm-hmm. glorifies him and mm-hmm. everything she does. And so, mm-hmm. we need your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Uh, yeah. So, thank <coughs> you.
3: Um, well, well yeah, y'all stay up here. Yes. You're um, going to stay I'm up here. here. So, let me let me ask, would the sleeves come up and would the Kims come up come and... Phoebe. Phoebe? Phoebe, can you bring Andre up? Yeah. Don't yeah. touch that, though. If, if we don't look well practiced on this, it's because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, uh, God, has, God has certainly blessed us. you will make for Phoebe. Ron, do you want to come too? Yeah. So, you can see some some of our children have grown a little older than, uh, than one. Yeah. But uh, it's just a delight to us. Now, Carlos you can see, to passed out some cards. Yes. Yes. With uh, verses. Carol, do you have one? What? You have a Bars- verse? Come on, a little closer. And we'd just like to read these. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have a, a commitment statement. And then we'll pray.
0: Carlos, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, this comes from <laughs> Jeremiah, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And the next one comes from Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future.
3: Psalm 127 verse 3 Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him.
4: Proverbs 22 6 Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Proverbs 1 8 and 9 Listen, my son, listen, my daughter, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head
3: and a chain to adorn your neck. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down, and when you rise. We thank the Lord for his revelation, truth to us, even in the raising of children. Father, mm-hmm. uh, we give you all the praise. Now, are there any other of you parents that would like to share something before we... Phoebe, would like to share? Um, uh,
4: we come from a uh, far away... And uh, my husband and I are only 100. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, if uh, when he grow up or
5: um, <coughs> and who can take care of him. But I think Lord is everywhere. So uh, I believe that uh, Lord can take care of him no matter, uh, no matter where he will
3: Thank you, people. Mm-hmm. So, any others like to keep it like this? We
6: are from <coughs> South Korea, uh, <coughs> and the, uh, uh, I think. Uh, 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 I have experience uh, mm-hmm. as miracle experience uh, two miracle experience in here uh, first one mm-hmm. um, I um, I have a uh, new uh, family uh, like church family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one um, I have a uh, Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, did, I didn't expect uh, all, the, all all of this mm-hmm. <laughs> before, before <coughs> I went to the United States. Uh, I, all <coughs> I always thank you, all of you, mm-hmm. and God bless mm-hmm. you. <laughs>
4: I guess I'll just say that I'm thankful that Simon can grow up in a church where there's so much focus on truth in a way that um, is real in your in your heart. And there's so many wise people here to teach him and train him along with what we're teaching him. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's a real blessing. Um, Jason and I are from North Carolina, which is very <laughs> <a great laughs> exciting. It <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs> is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're just grateful to have the family that we do have so close by. Um, especially when you see others who don't have family close by, it really shows you how much of a blessing that is. So learn to not take that for granted. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: the Lord has certainly brought. All of you from the far reaches of the globe here this morning for this particular moment. So I have a couple of questions to ask the parents because, as you would imagine, any baby dedication is just as much a parent commitment, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these questions for the parents. And then finally we'll pray for the baby. So do you recognize today your child is God's gift and give part heartfelt thanks for him for this blessing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you commit to be parents of love for each other and to create a loving, grace-filled environment in which your child can grow? Yes. Yes. Do you commit to be parents of faith, recognizing that your child will form many of their beliefs based on the model they first observed in you? if you're not so sure about
5: this. scary. But
3: it is I can tell you it is true. <laughs> Do you commit to be parents of patience, recognizing that God will be working through your own personal strengths and weaknesses, by prayers and thoughts and actions to capture and redeem the heart of your child? Yes. Do you promise me be parents of provision through God's blessing for your child's physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual needs, looking to your own Heavenly Father for the wisdom, love, and strength to serve them. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: Now, Father, we dedicate these children
1: mm-hmm. Thank you,
3: Lord. to the God who gave them. Yes. Yes. We surrender all of our worldly claims upon their life and mm-hmm. the hope that they will be saved into Jesus Christ and to trust Him alone for the forgiveness of their sins and live forever with God. Lord Jesus, together with these parents and these extended families, this church family, this congregation, we dedicate these children to You, God, in the hope that You will be their God forever and that they will wholly belong to You forever now some of the others maybe two or three of the others would like to pray
4: Lord we thank you that for each one of these precious children that you have known them before they were even born that you knit them in the womb and that you have a destiny for each one Mm -hmm. I pray that you would reveal yourself to Carly and Simon and Esther and Andre at a young age making yourself real to them Mm -hmm. they will come to faith in Jesus Mm -hmm. as a young child and they will Mm -hmm. grow to love you and know you and will take their place uh, in your kingdom purposes Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. commit them to you Lord when Hannah and Elkanah went
1: into
4: the temple to present their son. Mm -hmm. They gave him to Eli, but really, Lord, they gave him to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these parents that you've entrusted these children with, Lord, they are dedicating them, they're giving them Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. It is true, no matter where they go, Lord, there will be evidence of you. Mm -hmm. All around the world. And Lord, we thank you for each one of these. Lord, I I pray as they surrender their hearts to you, that they really would do great things and they really would change the world. But Lord, even more than the great things and the changing, I pray that they would allow you, the great God, to change them. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Lord, as, as a church, we surround them with mm-hmm. your love. Mm-hmm. We surround them with encouragement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we receive them mm-hmm. even in a new and a fresh way. Give us yes, Jesus. new hearts of love for these families, mm-hmm. these young families. Mm-hmm. And we bless their moms and their dads. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus, you are faithful. <laughs> Thank you for the gift that you've given them in their child, mm-hmm. in Andre, in Esther, in Simon, in Carly. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, thank you for the gifts that you've given each of these children, in Carlos and Christina, in Jason and Jessica, in Sanghyun and Suki, in Phoebe and Dwight. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord.
3: Y'all will turn to page 11. We're going to sing this song, Listen yes, to the Lord. But, um, you guys can hang on just one more minute. It's uh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And, and Jessica, yes. maybe you and Jason could go back there with Julie, or Julie, can you meet them someplace? And Would y'all come up with
4: would <laughs> y'all can and join President come and up with, with Phoebe?
5: The am
3: Generations. May your love be
1: shown.
3: Lord, that one generation would teach the next so they might teach their children the ways of God. So we thank you for these. We offer them up to you, Father. We ask for your, your, your guidance, your protection, Lord, that your never-ending love would never fail in their lives. And we give you all the praise, Lord. All the praise goes to you in Jesus' name. make a memory, we, Mary, has prepared these uh, certificates of this this memorial that's been built here this morning. So we'd like to pass these out to Carly, Carly Christina Salinas,
1: <laughs>
3: Esther, <laughs> Young Lee Kim. Yeah.
1: Very <laughs>
3: And y'all will need to sign it. Simon, Simon James Sneed. <laughs> Andre.
1: Oh. God bless you.
3: Well, we're making memories. Okay. okay. So, church... It's our turn. Church, do you commit to come alongside these parents and these children to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, say, I do. I do. I do. I do. Amen. Father, we ask your blessing upon this commitment. In Jesus' name. Now, if you will with me, we're going to transition to family, and what God's doing here, to, to the Far East. We're gonna ask Maria to come share a little bit about her ministry there in China. Susan, maybe you'll introduce Maria for us. Oh
1: gosh. Um, Yeah,
7: Maria and I met um, a long time ago, 25 years ago, at a one-day missions conference at Christian Assembly. Okay, I think that's that's where it was. At about and we were talking about Dominican Republic. I was at Jubilee Fellowship, and she was at Grace Church in Chapel Hill, okay. she still is out of. And we both had this like Dominican Republic connection. Okay. I yeah. I and so anyway, okay. we became friends through just I started going to the singles group at Grace Church for about four years, and uh, got to know Maria and some other people there at Grace Church, and. Um, at one point uh, Maria was in China, I was in China and two more of our friends uh, were in China, we have this little photograph I have it somewhere, the four of us in Beijing and what is just just the the serendipity of God how he arranges things Um, just amazing so anyway, um, of the four of us uh, she's still in China and um, God put on her heart uh, a long time ago um, that uh, children without parents didn't need to grow up in an the orphanage. They needed to grow up in a home mm-hmm. where they could feel the um, amazing impact and effects of family long before God gave them their forever family. And that's what you're going to hear about today. And, um, I got to witness it firsthand in 2012 with my niece, and you guys really supported us on that. And so it's my great pleasure to welcome and to introduce Maria you
8: <laughs> Thank y'all so much for having me today. It's really an honor. And I do want to share about um sort of the need and what the Lord is doing and how I got there in China and, and what I've been doing since and, and really what I want to share about through all of this is the goodness of God and that's the, the common theme and, and really that he is the one who leads the ninety nine to save the one. that is who he is and that's who his father what his father heart is. and um, So I just want to start with a little introduction. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of babies abandoned every year in China. Um, so when we speak of the orphans, we're not speaking of actual orphan children whose parents have been killed. We're speaking of children who were abandoned by their parents. Um, most of you probably know there's a one-child policy in China, and they, they instituted that back in the early 80s because um, they realized that the way the population was growing, they weren't going to have enough resources to to support um, that. Um, back in an earlier era, uh, the leader had encouraged people to have 10, 12, 15 children, and then, so it was um, just growing so large that they knew they needed to do something. So they they made a posse that each family could have one child. Well, what that does is sort of clash with some, with some strong cultural desires, which are that you need to have a son, um, who will take care of you in his old age, your son and his wife will, and you need, and also there's this more honor in having a son, and that you need to have uh, a perfect child. If you only get one, then you want one that doesn't have anything that be, could, can be considered different or a flaw. And so what began to happen is that children were the who were born with any sort of imperfection, and often just, like, a, if they were just a girl, if they had a birthmark, um, a large birthmark, if they had a cleft palate... Um, things that we wouldn't really even consider special needs, like um, a hair lip, um, a club foot, uh, an extra finger, missing a toe, and then great larger um, health needs as well through special needs. Those children um, were abandoned by the parents and are every day still. It's not legal in China to take your child to the orphanage and say, I, I want to put this child up for adoption, or I don't want this child, or the, the government does not allow that. Um, so. What happens is they're abandoned on the street, they're abandoned in the woods, they're abandoned in the garbage, Um, they're abandoned at the train station, at the market. Some are left in places where they will be found and taken in. Many are just left out um, where no one will see them or find them, and many babies die just from the abandonment, children that would have a chance at life and just die. Um, I was really struck this morning with the question, the first question that you asked and the baby dedication, do you recognize that this child is a gift from God? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the further questions, and, and that's so mm-hmm. the crux because for these children, they they don't recognize that this child is a gift from God, um, that um, with what, however they are, whether they're a girl or a boy, or they have some needs or not, um, that they're a gift from God. Um, and it's just chi- parents in China, I should say, love their children in general. It's a mm-hmm. very... Um, child center very loving towards children culture but there's these strong cultural pressures um, and especially from from family that you have to have this kind of child and it's very hard to resist that and so um you know they don't know God and and that's how we would all be if we if we didn't know God you know that I can't I need mean, if I only get one child it's got to be like this and I just um, just struck this in the just I'm going with the story but just struck with how glad I am that God doesn't look at us that way. You know, mm-hmm. that, that he doesn't look at our, our physical imperfections, our mm-hmm. spiritual imperfections, our emotional, our mental imperfections, all the flaws and faults that we have and look and say, well, that one's too much trouble. I can't afford that one. Oh, no, well, that one's going to give me a lot of grief. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't want that because I would have never made it into the kingdom if he does. I'm so just grateful that he adopts. Every one of us into his family um, by, you know, the the precious sacrifice of his son Jesus, because he loves every life that he's created. Um, so these children are abandoned, and they're the ones who survive or are taken into the orphanages. Unfortunately, that's not always the uh, the great salvation that you would hope that it would be. Um, the or- all the orphanages in China are government run, and so they're not charitable works. They're not sort of started by people who wanted to help rescue children. It's just kind of a, something that they have to do because of this problem of uh, these children. And so they're government-run. It's a government job. It's just people just take it because it's a good government job. And people there don't have a real sort of um, care for these children or a, a thought belief that they're precious um, and they don't really understand much about how to take care of, of children and so or hygiene or, or that kind of thing. Um, so they're often just, well, many children die in the orphanage and Um, The ones who survive are the strong ones, and all the children are just left when they're babies, just in cribs, just laying there often, sometimes two or three, to a crib, and they're often, their Mm -hmm. hands are sometimes tied to the side of the crib, um, just to keep them getting in trouble. When they're fed, a bottle is stuck in the crib and and propped up, so they're never picked up, they're not, you know, held or um, talked to, or any of those things that um, that children need, you know, so very much. so yeah, that's the sort of the situation there. Um, well, I was just a preschool teacher in Durham, um, just working at a really good uh, full day preschool that I loved and uh, had the, the toddler class, or the one and two year olds, and uh, was just doing that, going to Grace Church, you know, um, happy. But I began to have um, some families in my school who had adopted from China, and they'd gotten little girls. Um, and through that, they started telling me um, about the situation in China. And I saw <coughs> some of these babies right after they were adopted. When families that adopted a second one. And I would see a, a one-year-old who couldn't sit up, who couldn't hold her head up, who didn't know how to use her hands, literally didn't know how to pick things up with her hands or pick up food and put it in her mouth because her hands had been tied the whole time, who never smiled, had what we call flat affect um, because they've never been interacted with or Mm -hmm. smiled at or any of those things and and just saw that this is what was, yeah, this was the state of these children and I saw the change in them when they got in a family, when they got um, in a situation where they were loved and cherished and they were in a stimulating environment and, you know, here we were at the preschool that I worked at, you know, it was um, a really good school, most of the parents there were doctors at Duke or professors at Duke or, you know, that kind of thing. And so these children really had everything, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we were making lesson plans for them every week, you know, for, for one-year-olds, you know, for <laughs> their fine motor development, their gross motor development, their language development. We took it all very seriously. And when the Lord started doing this, is working in my heart, you know, that, yeah, this is fine and good, what you're doing, but there are warehouses full of beautiful babies just laying there, rot- dying, or just in such delay and neglect um, over there, there, that he loves so much, mm-hmm. that each one of those lives is so precious to him. He doesn't look at it as this, you know, just, oh, those children in China, that each life is a life that he created and that's mm-hmm. so precious to him. And, and that could be different, that this is a solvable problem, you know, in its, its way that it didn't have to be like that for these children. And and so he began to really work in my heart that, that I could go, that this is a way I can make a difference. This is something that, a, a need that I kind of know how to meet, you know, just through my training and education. Like this is, a, I, I can provide love and stimulation and, and care for babies. I know how to do that. And and so he began really working with me um, to want to go. To China. This is back, well, when I went, it was the year 2000, so I've been in China 14 years now, and um, it's not easy, actually, to get to go and do this kind of work in China, because um, they don't want foreigners coming in and working in the orphanages, and the reason is is that in the mid-90s, um, the BBC in Britain, um, they did a hidden camera um, news program, expose kind of documentary, where they went in with hidden cameras to some of the orphanages, and they captured a practice that's called the Dying Room, and this was common in Chinese orphanages, where Um, this is brutal, um, sorry, that they would put certain babies just in a room and lock the door and no one was allowed to go in until those Mm -hmm. children had died. Um, That they were just not fed until they started to death. And that was just a way of kind of reducing the numbers in the the orphanages. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was called on camera. so there was a big uproar about it. And so China was very... Let, didn't want to let any foreigners come in anymore because they didn't want more shame brought on the country. It was seen as a real shame and disgrace. And so, um, yeah, I was when I was looking for a way to go and do this, I was just kind of told, well, there's, you know, there isn't a way. And um, they, I found that just through looking and praying and really believing this is what God was telling me to go and do. I found a, a small British organization called Caring for China. And they had in one province in China, in Shangxi province, they had built relationships over time. They placed teachers there um, who taught in universities, and those teachers had gone in to the orphanages before they had sort of closed off more deaf foreigners and they had sort of built relationship and trust so that um, by this time the orphanages had invited my organization to, to help some in those those orphanages and they were even given a floor or a building and said, you know, and gave them the new babies that would come in, you know, because new babies are abandoned all the time and so the babies that would come in, they would, my organization could, they had to provide all the money, but they could, um, hire local workers and try to create a good environment and get you know give health care and medical care and good feeding and food and that sort of thing to those children to survive and so that's um, where I started what I started doing um, 14 years ago and this is a quick story from that time um, I remember one morning and it was in February um, there a, a baby from the main welfare center part came up so they bring the babies to us they used brought to them and then they bring them to us and she had a tiny tiny little newborn who had just been Born that morning, it was a, like I said, a cold morning in February, and she had been basically just tossed mm-hmm. to naked out into the cold um, mm-hmm. to die. And she was found, and the police brought her to the orphanage and kind of wrapped her in a jacket and just brought her there. And by the time she got up, to us, she was so cold, her body temperature was so low, they didn't think she was going to live. Um, But we had nurses, British nurses, working with us, and they wrapped her in cotton and then wrapped her in foil. And then just it was very, just sort of primitive technology, I mean, just where we were, and put her in a bassinet over a heater and would heat hats and put them on her head and just work through the day to get her body temperature up. And so it it did eventually rise and she began to eat. And there was nothing else wrong with her. She was totally fine. She just was going to die from the... um, the exposure um, you know, to being you know, tossed out like that. Um, but she lived, um, thank the Lord, and was able to um, be adopted and live somewhere in America now, Dr. C so just to give a, a picture sort of of that. And so I did that for a few years and then realized um, I didn't speak any Chinese, and so that I felt a call long-term to do this, and so I studied Chinese for a couple of years, so I'd be able to be more effective in what I wanted to do. And and what Laura began to put on my heart was, as, as Susan said, that, um, that yeah, the more children mm-hmm. through what we were doing were being able to get good physical care um, and, and survive, but there was still so much that, that they needed that they weren't getting. You know, you think of everything that happens in the early years of life, all the brain um, development that's happening then, all the, the things they're learning, all the um, attachment that's going on. And if babies, if children don't get a chance to attach with a loving adult in the early years of their life, they're very susceptible to something called reactive attachment disorder. And it means for the rest of their life, it's very difficult for them to form um, atta- good loving attachments with people because they never sort of developed that ability. Early on, and so it's so vital that, that that children get what they were designed for, which is to be delighted in, and to be mm-hmm. cherished, and to be touched, and to be talked to, and and to be um, you know lovingly guided by someone who cares about them. And um, and I also wanted to go. You know, there was a lot being done in the city I was in, and so Laura put on my heart to move to another city, still through that organization, and um, start a baby home there, where um, instead of growing up in the orphanage they could live with me. Now, the way adoptions work in China is that the government controls all that. There's a central office in Beijing, it's called CCAA, and all the orphanages in the country send the paperwork to the children they consider adoptable into that office and then those children are then, there are very few adoptions within China. Um, It's still a lot of stigma and they only get one child. And so they, most of the adoptions happen internationally, overseas, and it takes a long time. Now these days it's it's taken, you know, two or three years often um, for the children. So, like the weak children aren't going to even survive till that point, and and if they do, there's already so much that they they've missed out on. I mean, often still four or five, six year olds are are they're that old before they're being adopted, and and so are just growing up with so much neglect and and deprivation, you know, up in, until then. And so this was a way to um, until they could get in families, or for ones who might never get in a family that they could get that love and that care and that home that, that God so wants them to have. So I started, um, with, it took a long time to be allowed to start this, but so I wanted to start something called the Bullish Baby Home, and the doors initially were shut because I moved to a city where they didn't want to, it was more, the further you get from Beijing, the harder it gets to do anything out of the box or new or different, and so they didn't want to do anything like this. They didn't want to work with a foreigner, but I just felt like the Lord had said, yeah, do this, wait, and I'll make it happen. Just Say and trust me and believe and I'll make it happen. And so it took almost two years of me just waiting in that city and letting him build connections and um, sort of let that, that happen. And then he brought someone who had the connections to basically go above the orphanage's head and get permission for me to start taking children out. And it was just starting with two, two babies, but getting them out of the orphanage and, and into my home. And then now I usually have about five um, at a time because I'm doing pretty much all the, the primary care myself of, of very little one, So I have a little um, Chinese help that I hire, but I, I do most of the hands-on care. Um, I want to tell you about Polly, um, one of the, uh, she was the third child that I got. When I got Polly, um, when there's a lady, the lady who is my contact with the orphanage, she's not part of the orphanage, but she's the one who's allowed to go in and, and bring children out. She walked in, and usually we sort of get a baby that's between three and six months old, and she walked in, and I thought, oh, she decided to get um, a newborn this time. Okay. And she looked at me, the Mrs. Jagged, and she was crying. And she said, she's eight months old. And I, I thought, no, what, I misunderstood. I thought, I don't know why Chinese isn't great. I just get it misunderstood. And she, and she said, no, she's eight months old. She weighed nine pounds, um, and she, which is a birth weight, as many of you know. Not, I mean, not uncommon birth weight. And she was just withdrawn and her face was just her brow was so furrowed and she just did this and she looked she couldn't hold her head up, she couldn't do anything. She was like a newborn and she'd been in the orphanage that whole time, um, the whole eight months. She was not a good feeder and, and so some babies disarm. Some babies need help, you know, and encouragement to eat and you know, that's and they just don't do that there. They know they have too many babies not enough people working there, and so if you don't eat well, you just don't eat, and um, I, there's an American doctor, missionary doctor in my city, and I was able to take her to see him the next day, and he said, she's starving to death, he said, she doesn't even get hungry anymore, she's just gonna, she's just starving to death, and then she's going to, um, if you don't get this, you know, if you're unable to turn around, and I was terrified, actually, um, I don't have medical background or experience, you know, it was just okay, Lord, what do, what do we do? How do I get this baby to eat? And, and was just pray over her constantly when I would feed her and just squeeze milk mm-hmm. into her just, you know, just to, to get it in her until she gradually started getting hungry again and started wanting to eat. And then she kind of became this butterball, ball. <laughs> 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 We're like, you know, just fat and chubby little baby but still so behind. And we later learned that she also, because of the malnutrition, had developed hypothyroidism and so that created even further delays in her development, and so so grateful to the Lord for saving her life, but I really thought, who who will ever adopt her? You know, she's so delayed, Lord, will there be a family for her, and my heart was just always filled with such worry for her. I mean, when she was about 15 months, I was finally able, working with her every day, every day, to get her to sit up, um, and when she was maybe about two, she was able to start crawling. Um, yeah, I mean, get, those of your parents know how late those things are. She she wasn't, she didn't talk at all. Um, And just explain a little bit about how adoption works in China. um, They, the government agency that I mentioned, they work with the adoption agencies in the different countries. They just assign children to families. So you get assigned this child and then decide, do you want them or not? And that's what's called typically developing children or minor correctable special needs. So uh, A hair lip, cleft palette, um, those kinds of things, cleft clubfoot, those would be considered minor correctable. Things that we would barely even consider special needs. Um, But something, a child that has a more major special need, um, like a heart problem or more serious um, delays, unexplained delays, they go on what's called the waiting child list. And if they're going to be adopted, they have to be chosen. Basically, they have someone who's decided they're willing to try to take on, you know, someone with a larger special need. And they can look at these lists and they can say, and the pictures, okay, I'll, I'll one about that, that one or I wanna find out more about this one, can you have more tests done? And so, you know, nobody really wants a child with unexplained delays because they're afraid, you know, that they're never gonna be able to take care of themselves or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just prayed and prayed and prayed and, and Lord would there be a family and um, it, yeah, eventually I began hearing that all oh, they want there was a family interested and they wanted this test done, and that test done. And I never knew the results of the test and what was happening so then I wasn't told anything and just another quick um, side story there was a woman in my church named Kara who was a special needs um, pediatric special needs physical therapist and she um, I met her and she was able to look at some pictures and get some input for Polly and another little boy call Hudson but she said I'm, I don't want to come to China I'll be happy to advise you from here but I don't ever want to visit or, or come over and that was in June and then in October the Lord brought Kara to China (laughs) because uh, he just began working and stirring in her heart and I love this story because she didn't have a heart to come didn't want to come and the Lord just was working in her and she obeyed and she came and she knew what to do I'd worked with Polly every day for that she was turning three so for the two and a half years that I'd had her I'd worked with her every day she just couldn't walk She, she couldn't sing she couldn't walk Kara worked with her for one week knew what to do do what muscles to work on at the end of that week she was standing and two weeks later she could walk and i just i love to tell that story because i just want to inspire people that you don't know how the lord is going to use your gifts when you're just willing to say yes you know just even to something you never thought you would do when you feel him stir and you just say yes to that kara had no idea that that was gonna that would be a turning point in polly's life and so she started to walk, and a month later, I got the call that she's going to be adopted, and um, was just so overjoyed that this family had decided to take a chance on her. The orphanage doesn't let me, allow me to meet the parents that are going to that adopt the children. They don't want any contact between the foreigners, and they don't want them to know that they were taken care of by a foreigner, um, because it's, again, kind of a loss of, of face sort of thing. So they the orphanage comes and takes the children, gives them to the family, and then I... We'll never see or hear from them again um, mm-hmm. once they, they walk out, um, which is always really hard. But Snow Scott has a wonderful surprise in store. And um, about a year and a half after Polly was adopted, her family having used some clues of things that she had, like a little blanket that someone had made for my babies that she was carrying. And it said, I, I called my home, the Borish baby home, and it said Borish baby. And through Googling and looking and some different, like leaving a Facebook message, we eventually, in July, um, actually, they made contact with me, Polly's family, and they live in Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago, I went out and I saw Polly <laughs> yeah. and got to see, all, see the answer to all these prayers yeah. that I had prayed over her. And just the Lord's care for this child that he had intervened in her life and he mm-hmm. had brought her into a place of safety <coughs> and love. And then he had provided... A family it says, the Lord puts the lonely in families, and mm-hmm. he had a family for her that love and cherish her, delight her, and she's talking, and she's running around, and she's still got a few delays, but she's doing great, and she's <laughs> fine, she's writing her ABCs, she's, you know, talking longer and longer sentences, and, and just, you know, his... Care for this little one, and what he's done for her. Um, yeah, I'm almost done. You know, patient. There's so many amazing <laughs> things that I could, I could tell um, you about. I want to show you a little three-minute video. It'll be a little hard for everyone to see it, but um, here, while I get that ready. I
1: just want to, because I want
8: you to be able to see the children, because that's kind of what brings it all home. This is just a video that a friend helped me make before I was leaving. Um, let's see, make sure. Let give that a minute. Um, well, the first little boy I got um, was Hudson. Um, now most of the children I get are, um, yeah, children that could maybe, hopefully, eventually be adopted or be saved. Now Hudson, when the orphanage gave him to me, him, well, this is all this in here. I was told he was um, typically developing, but um, he's not typically developing. He has a very serious, um, well, yeah, condition and brain damage. He'll never be able to. Um, take care of himself, but I want I want you to see him and hear about him, and then I want to just share a couple of things the Lord has shown me, and Susan, you can tell me if I've forgotten anything important. Um, okay.
6: Can you see that at all? Okay. I
8: love it. about what the name real quick you saw hudson and one of the things that the lord has really just used hudson to impress me upon is well it's just his amazing love for each one of us you know our, you know what we can do and and just his um how his economy is so different from ours you know that if hudson was the only one i ever took care of that and like plucking me up from north carolina and sending me across the world to take care of just that one little severely handicapped boy nothing is wasted and nothing is lost mm-hmm. in his economy and, and unfortunately I've been able to care for you know many more and will go back and mm-hmm. and care for more but you know that's his he sees things and his economy is, is so different from the way we do and um, he wants to pour love into each one just one quick story that I want to tell you just about how God uses this also to reach all his people in China he loves all his children, that are big and small. And um, I was I had, a, had a helper who was coming in um, a couple afternoons a week. She was a college student and um, helped me sell them in the afternoons with the babies. And we were playing with the children one day. Her name, English name, was Michelle. She spoke pretty good English. And she um, had I had told her, you know, that Maddie would be adopted overseas someday, would never know me, and that Hudson, you know, was always going to need care. But because. The way the reasons for having children in China are so different, it just—it was really hard for her to process that. So we're playing with the children, and she says, it's so nice when you are old; they will take care of you." <laughs> and so I'm like, "Okay, something's not getting through here," because that—that that is one of the new reasons to—to to have children. There's it. so you will have someone to take care of you in your, your old age, and there's not so much a, a concept of of doing something for nothing or doing something for someone that you don't know of, of altruism and. Anyway, so I was able to say, you know, Michelle, you know, remember? Like, now they won't take care of me. Maddie will live in another country. She'll never know I existed. And Hudson, he's not going to be able to be the breadwinner. You know, <laughs> he's going to always be trying to take care of him. And she said, they're just so sad. And I said, no, it's not. I said, Michelle, I don't do this to get something back. I don't do it to get something in return. I do it just because I want to help them because I, I want to love them. I so said, that's the way... God's loved me he's poured out his love into my life when I could do nothing for him there's nothing I could do for God and yet he just loved me and and poured his love into my life and that's how I want to love them and so she began asking over the next few months so many questions really good deep questions and later um that year she gave her life to the Lord and, and became a Christian and I was able to get her connected to a um, local Chinese house church where she was able to get into fellowship and and so one of the things by being there is just we're able to declare this is who God is this is this is his heart this is his father heart and this is how he loves every person and child that he's created and this is how he loves you and so it gives opportunities to declare of his goodness and his glory and to see lives change that way too that's it. That's really all I wanted to share with you today. Thanks so much for I, I, did I forget it. any stories.
9: Susan? Oh, there's no.
7: Oh. I've had the pleasure of having lunch like <laughs> with Maria every time she comes home for all these years, and I get I, I've got a ton of stories.
8: Uh-huh. But I, I can remember which ones you said, specifically that's okay. to share. That's right, so. We don't. We figure. I
5: know. Right. You know <laughs> <laughs> during lunch, people. can. Okay. Sure. Okay. Great. Yeah, and you. ask and ask some ask questions. questions. Yeah.
3: yeah. let me just get this straight. Okay. So you're from Durham? Yes, sir. You're working in a in a preschool. Yes, sir. Lord put it in your heart to go to China. That's right. Yes. And to be his servant there. Yeah, to the care wa- for his And to care for the babies there. there. So yes, these yeah. are babies that have been before after they're abandoned, before they're adopted. Yes, that's right. And and yes. you've had and you've had Four
8: or five. Yeah, I've had seven in my home so. now. Now I helped care for hundreds before that when I was just okay. in the orphanages. But right. there in my home, I've had seven. That's, so I've been doing that the last six years. Okay. And you're going,
3: go, you're going to go here. You go back. And yes, sir. They
8: were, were all adopted you. except Hudson. Um, this Got in the home. last few months, so it gave me an opportunity okay. to come home and sort of do the things I need to do here. And um, friends are taking care of him, and then I'll go back. In June, start getting children from the orphanage again. You know
3: what? I I think Hallmark, you know, the the company Hallmark that makes the cards, and their byline is that when you want to send the very best,
5: Mm -hmm.
3: you send the Hallmark card. And I'm just thinking, here's God, Mm -hmm. and He wants to care for this one year old Chinese baby. He tells a woman in Durham, Would you leave? Durham, and would you move to China and trust me mm-hmm. to see these seven lives mm-hmm. spared, mm-hmm. developed, encouraged, transferred into the kingdom of light in terms of a sense of adoption? Yeah. Um, what a phenomenal! I mean, that part of your testimony is a phenomenal story, <laughs> but then to also see the investment into these children. Mm-hmm. So there's two things I think we need to do. One is pray for you, and the other is for you to pray for us. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. um, you know. And some people, some of you, might be wondering, well, God, what, what kind of, what kind of future do you have for me?
5: You
3: know. And you can see this is the type of thing. This is what God does. I mean, not everybody sends across the, the ocean, but he, he. Did you ever dream when you were a little kid that you were going to be doing
8: this? Even when Susan (laughs) went to China, I never ever thought I would be in China. I didn't have that vision yet or or anything. And so we both found ourselves there. So
3: let me just, is there anybody here, just as she was talking, something leapt up and said, wow, Lord? You did that. Anybody? Any? Some? Yeah, I want you to pray for God's best. For this this people, in yeah. terms of answering God's call, yeah. and then I want somebody to come up and volunteer and pray for Maria. So would you pray? Yes, sir. And then yeah. then we'll pray. Okay. And then I've got one final song. That I'm
8: okay. Lord, I thank you for this uh, precious group of people. I thank you for how much they clearly love you and their hearts to serve you. Lord, I pray that that you would ignite a spark in each one, Lord, in their hearts that that you have bless them to be a blessing Lord that you have a, a purpose and a calling on their life in ways that you're going to use them that they can't even imagine right now in other people's lives Lord I pray that you would blow with your holy breath on those embers and that you would begin to give them dreams that you would begin to give them visions that you would begin to just ignite their imaginations with, with all that, that you can do and that when they hear you call they would say yes that, that you would give them ears to hear um, where you're leading them just somewhere that you want them to talk to that some place you want them to go just um, the little divine appointments and the big ones Lord, that, that they would observe them they would attend to them they would recognize them when you bring them and Lord that they would say yes I'll do that I'll, I'll, I'll risk I'll sacrifice I'll be a little uncomfortable and I'll, I'll do this because I believe that you're going to take this and multiply it um, my little loaves and fishes into something glorious for Your kingdom. Lord, I pray mm-hmm. for each one here that that You do that and that um, Lord, it would just be out of the the relationship that each one has with You that from that relationship Lord, You would mm-hmm. be sending them forth, sending them out. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank
3: you, Jesus. You volunteer to pray for Maria.
9: Lord Jesus, I I just ask for your heart to be expressed even more through Maria. Mm Lord, you're already doing a great expression of your heart through her. But I pray that your heart would be released even more through her. Mm. That's right. And I pray, Lord, that just as she has loved these children with a, a wonderful love, Lord, that she would experience the love of her Heavenly Father Amen. in the same precious ways Amen. and even more than she has expressed to these children, that you Amen. would just renew her, refresh Amen. her, yes. and give her your bounties, Lord, yes. of love and of fulfillment. Amen of the joy of the Lord I pray for just a special release of the joy of the Lord Amen. that is beyond right. what she already has Amen. Lord I pray that your plans and purposes would multiply that they would multiply and that what you have started Lord you would continue Amen. But Lord that you would multiply in your plans and purposes Amen. in your life thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
8: Thank you, Maria. There's a little information here about the work. say you.
7: Because I know Maria is sometimes shy about this, but um, if you're looking for a place to invest, <laughs> <laughs> she has some information, and whether it's praying, giving, or going, um, hint, hint. <laughs> 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 um, it, it's, I mean, it's a major. Um, it's 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 legitimate. It's absolutely of God, and um, you know. So if God puts that on your heart, um, she's got the information there, and uh, you know.
3: Amen. God bless you guys. I'll turn to page thirty-seven. And Maria, you said something that really gripped me when you said they would they would put the children in the dying room. I mean, can you imagine? And then I thought about Jesus. Um, I mean, the cross was much worse than the dying. But they put him there to die. And uh, I, w- I just wanted us to turn our gaze back to the Lord before we uh, said the final amen. The one who gave his life for us that we might love like this, that we might forgive governments for the things that they do. Pray for their change. We might pray for those who would adopt and give a young person a chance for life. Page 37, this man of sorrows. Christ has done for us, that we would ever do something like Maria
5: has done. (laughs)
3: your word Lord by the dedication of these children and the prayer for these children and these parents and families Lord we look to that man of sorrows for life for purpose for our existence the reason that we are here Lord Father, how could we meet this morning and not pray for you to stop the holocaust of children? Millions. Millions. Thank you for entering our lives. and pray, Father, for you to reach out for the lost and the lonely, for the deprived. Use us as you will, Father, to reach your children wherever they might be and bring them into the, the family where they might be. Engaged with and cherished and delighted in. Lord, we all need to be cherished and delighted in. That's why we were made, Lord, that you might delight in us and rejoice over us. Lord, let us be an extension of your delight and your rejoicing to the lives of other children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we all feel like crying sometimes. Lord, would you hear these cries? Answer the cries and the needs of your children, wherever they might be. We pray this together in Jesus' name.